OHSU's Rapid Response Team responds to an average of 288 calls a month on Markham Hill. They assist with medical emergencies, whether they involve patients, visitors, or staff members. When the Center for Health and Healing Building 2 opens in April, rapid response operations will expand to South Waterfront. It's Tuesday, February 12th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. Margaret McDonald sat down with Kit Lum, a registered nurse from cardiovascular ICU and chair of the adult rapid response team at OHSU, to talk about how rapid response will be handled on the South Waterfront and what went into the planning. I'm here with Kit Lum, who is a registered nurse with the Cardiovascular ICU. And Kit, you won the award as Nurse of the Year through the Greater Portland Chapter of the American Association of Critical Care Nurses back in October. Yes. That must have been exciting. It was a great honor. Tell us a little bit about that award. I was nominated by my manager at the time, Cindy Perez, and I got to go to the Critical Care Symposium, which I had never been to. So that was a great two days that I got to spend with with my colleagues. My understanding is part of the reason Cindy nominated you for this award is for a lot of the work that you've done organizing the rapid response teams and Code Blue teams that will be responsible for serving our new South Waterfront presence. Yes. How did you get interested in the rapid response team and Code Blue work? So we've had a rapid response team up on Markham Hill responding to patients and visitors and colleagues since 2005. I really got interested in it back before we even implemented the team. I was part of organizing that team and getting it up and running. It was through an initiative through the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. They had a bundle of things that they thought that hospitals could implement to help improve patient safety and patient care and patient survival. One of the most novel things that we heard out of those suggestions was implementing something called a rapid response team or a medical emergency team who would be available to anyone in the hospital to assist with decompensation or uh, medical emergencies or even just a feeling that something was not right with a patient, these teams could be summoned to that bedside to help evaluate and assess and figure out the next steps for that that person together as a team. So we thought that that was such a great idea and upper uh, leadership really, really took it seriously to get it going and I was very happy to be a part of it from the ground up. Can you describe a couple of scenarios that occur when somebody calls the rapid response team? Mm-hmm. So the rapid response team is re- is available 24-7 up here on Markham Hill. We are nurses and a respiratory therapist. The nurses are based out of 12K, the cardiovascular ICU. Anyone can call us. Most of our calls are primarily for the inpatient population. Uh, so patients in acute care who might have some troubling vital signs, maybe a decrease in blood pressure or an increase in respiratory rate or an increase in heart rate. Something that a nurse in assessing them just says, they don't look right, their vital signs aren't right, I'm concerned about this patient. So they can call the primary medical team and let them know that they have that concern and then they can also call the rapid response team who will show up at that bedside and help again with that primary nurse and the medical team really look at the situation, assess the patient and figure out what are our next steps to get this patient back on the right track. Primarily we respond to inpatients at the hospital but we can get called for outpatients, visitors, 
fellow employees who might be suffering some sort of medical emergency or someone is concerned about their physical well-being. When a situation like that has occurred down on South Waterfront, that has not been the purview of the OHSU rapid response team, is that right? Right. So when CHH1 opened, we determined that it was not feasible, A, for rapid response to take a however many minute a tram ride is to get down to an emergency down at the waterfront, and that that population would be better served uh, with calling public safety and activating 911 for an emergency. But now with CHH Building 2 opening, all that is changing. Correct. These patients have the potential to stay a little bit longer and also could potentially stay overnight in the outpatient care unit that's going to be located at CHH2. So it was determined that we needed to offer that same level of care that they were already getting up on Markham Hill down at CHH2. And so that's when we really um, started looking at the only way to feasibly do that would be to have an actual team stationed down at CHH to cover that those patients in that area. And when you started this work, it sounds like you had to go down to CHH2 and look around the building. What did that look like for you? Well, we've only been able to get into the building recently, actually. So a lot of it was taking policies and, and procedures and the way we do things up here and looking at the patient population that we'll have down at CHH2 and kind of talking out loud and morphing those into processes that we could adapt for down there. We have just now started being able to get into the building, and so we had our first kind of more high-fidelity simulation of some of those processes that we've talked about and written out just last Monday. Tell us about the simulation. So we got the team players together. We got members of our Code Blue team, rapid response teams. Um, We've got the physicians, some respiratory therapists, um, nursing. And we had a table talk discussion first about different things that could happen and how we would approach each situation. And then we did a real-time simulation of a patient in cardiac arrest in a room on the seventh floor outpatient care unit of CHH2. Physicians coming from other parts of the building, our rapid response nurses coming from down the hallway, our respiratory therapist, and looking at response times, uh, because again, this is a new building, Wayfinding is going to be a huge part of this and and finding our way to an area that we need to get to quickly. And then also just practicing those hands-on skills that we need to adequately resuscitate a patient and get them to a point where we can get EMS into the room and safely hand off that patient to them. And we also, we timed how long it took for a person to get from the ambulance bay up to that location to kind of look at the whole timing of everything as well as Do we have the necessary supplies? Do we have the necessary people to safely handle one of these emergencies? What were some of the surprises that you saw? What were some of the things that you learned? It's a very large area, lots of geography to cover. It's beautiful inside, though, I have to admit. The the views are stunning. But just, again, that geography and the wayfinding. The nurses up on Markham Hill who do rapid response, we know this hospital like the back of our hands. We know the right way or the fastest way to get from point A to point B. We know which elevators to take. We know two or three different ways to get to different places if we needed to. This is going to be a whole new ball game 
down there with this new building. So a lot of it is just familiarizing ourselves with where we might think we would get called to the most, which would be those patient care areas, like the procedural areas on the second floor, the outpatient care unit, so those patients who potentially could be staying overnight on the seventh floor, the night cancer infusion patients who are going to be located on the 11th floor, as well as the PACU and the pre-op and the post-op areas on the fourth floor. So that's just going to be a lot of walking around and familiarizing ourselves with the locations. Is there a plan for that? Yeah, we've already begun. Uh, We had our first couple of days of training specifically for the rapid response nurses where we got a, a guided tour of the building. We got some insight as to where employee elevators were and how to efficiently use those, where the different patient care areas are, uh, as well as other locations that, that we could potentially respond to again, because we're not only responding to the patients in CHH, but we're also responding to guests or visitors as well as employees. So we, we had a couple of days of training last week. We had our simulation this past Monday, and we have plans for more simulation in the coming months before the, the building opens. During the simulations, you talked about timing and understanding your response times, and I imagine you're going to gather a lot of data on that. Once you know more about your actual response times, what will you do with that data moving forward? Well, we always want to improve on things. I think that you can't really look at improving things unless you have the data. But also, this is a brand new environment, so I think a lot of it is going to be just data collection at first. It might be a little while before we look to what exactly we can improve on. But one of the big differences between being stationed down at CHH2 versus up on Markham Hill is our proximity to where a patient might need to go if they need a higher level of care. So up on Markham Hill, we're close enough to the emergency room that we can easily get that patient to the emergency room or to an inpatient unit without having to activate 911, you know, without needing that outside transport. Down at CHH2, though, we will have a really close partnership and relationship with those EMS personnel. So I think that it will be also looking at response times with EMS and maybe potentially working with them down the line. So making the plans must have been a lot of your job for the last several months. Yes. (laughs) Like I said, it's been nice because on Markham Hill, we do have such a good flow and a good set of processes already in place for our rapid response calls. We have a wonderful code blue response process um, up here on Markham Hill. So we can base a lot of stuff off of those responses, but again, it changes when we have to look at not being able to just put someone on a stretcher or put someone in a wheelchair and wheel them to the emergency room. And then also we're looking at fewer people responding, especially with the code blue processes that we're looking at at CHH2 and CHH1. Up here on Markham Hill, we, we have a very robust code code response team. A lot of people show up and all have specific roles and have a part in that code blue response. Down at CHH, when we start code blue response down there, our team will shrink. And so that's why it's so important for us to get in and simulate these responses to big emergencies. And will you continue to run simulations as practice? Yes. Our goal is to schedule many simulations in the coming about two months until we open, getting all of the key players involved in those so they have a good idea of what 
what they might see and what the processes will be. And then our hope is to also continue to simulate and practice some of these responses even after opening. Is there anything else that you want people to know about rapid response down in South Waterfront? CHH1 will also be able to call us. We figured we're at CHH2 for some of these patients. Why why not also commit to responding to CHH1? And that will start as soon as CHH Building 2 opens? Correct. When CHH2 opens, we will be live with a team that will be available to respond to both buildings. When someone needs to call the rapid response team or the Code Blue team, is it going to be the same phone number that you call down on South Waterfront as it is up on Markham Hill, or is it different? It will be the same. We really wanted to align all of the emergency response and make it readily available. So for rapid response, Markham Hill and South Waterfront, anyone can dial 47777. And for a Code Blue, the phone number would be 48222. Well, thanks for joining us today, Kit. Thank you, Margaret. OHSC Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Margaret McDonald. I'm Patrick Holmes. See you next week.